0: Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed. And best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Jay Connor on the call. Jay, I really appreciate your time. And If you don't know Jay, Jay's been in the business since 2003. He's got his own podcast, so you'll want to check that out. But this is the show for you if you're looking for a way in which to acquire property with little to no money, how to do private, you know, try to get some of that private capital that everybody keeps talking about. This is going to be that show that you want to tune in and listen to the end because we're going to give you some very actionable items that you can implement right away to make some of this stuff actually realistic. Because I know, Jay, you, you know as well as I, we have seen for as long as I've been around those late night programs on how to get rich quick when it when it comes to real estate investing. And they always make these type of promises. But I know for a fact that you actually have processes and and procedures that actually work And do this type of thing. So I really appreciate your time, and I I look forward to diving into this.
1: Man, I'm I'm sitting here on ready, and and you know, Jack, what you just said just triggered this thought, and that is, there ain't no get rich quick overnight. However, from my experience of being in this business full time since 2003, private money is, in fact, the fastest and quickest way to either get your first deal or your next deal, and I'll be glad to answer the, as the why of that, uh, if you so choose, in, in the uh, in the show. But you know, um, from my experience, I mean, you know, I raised over two million dollars in over ninety days. So it's not get rich quick overnight, but you can get a really really big check, literally, realistically, in less than thirty days.
0: Yeah. So with that, Jay has given us a, a tremendous opportunity. So I want everybody to follow along and, and sign up right now. Head over to jayconner.com. That is C O N N E R.com slash money guide. And Jay has a free download, download, downloadable book there, uh, Money Guide Private Money, really fast. There, it's chock full of information. So I think that's probably going to be a great resource for people to follow along in today's episode. But Jay, you you mentioned a, a really really fast approach. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've I've found is how to find and identify where they can what tree to bark up, right? Like where where do they begin in identifying places where they can find this private money? Sure.
1: Well, first of all, in order to understand where you find this private money, let me first uh, answer the question where you don't find it. All right, where you don't find it. You don't find this private money at banks, at institutions, at hard money lenders. I'm not talking about hard money when I talk private money. I've got some really, really great friends, Jack, that are hard money lenders and hard money brokers. But this end of the business is all about going and locating individuals, human beings, people just like you and me that want to be involved in real estate that want to uh, be totally passive, sit back and let the and let somebody else do the work. That's us, the entrepreneur, and let them get you know rates of return safely and securely. So we're talking about private lenders who are individuals that loan money from either their investment capital or and or. Their retirement funds, their four hundred and one k's, their pension funds, etc., and they loan that money out to us, entrepreneurs, the real estate investors, and then we use those funds to go do our deals. What kind of deals? Well, it can be fix and flip deals. It can be buy and hold for the long term deals. Any kind of real estate deals. It can be you know apartments, uh, any kind of real estate. My focus actually is on single family houses, but it's all the same money. So now, Jack, since we've established what a private lender is, where do you find them? Well, I've discovered and figured out that there's primarily three different places to find these private lenders. One place or category is what we call your own warm market, your own connections, your own centers of influence. Those are people that you've got some kind of connection with. Uh, those people could be in your cell phone, they could be on your email list, they could be Facebook friends, they could be LinkedIn connections, they could be church connections. They could be Rotary Club connections. They could be Chamber of Commerce. Any kind of connections you get can be family. It can be friends. It can be co-workers, any kind of connection, all right? So that's the warm market. Second market is what we call your expanded market. And what I mean by that is I'll hear people all the time saying, well, Jay, my people are broke. I ain't got no connections that's got any money. Well, Jack, first of all, I don't believe them. And I think, I think they're just sort of thinking in their mind of, you know, well, I got a chase. I got a big, I got to sell. No, you know, Jack, you and your audience may find it interesting. I've never asked anybody for money ever in this world of private money. And people say, well, Jay, how do you get all that private money for your deals if you don't ask for it? I simply put on my teacher cap, my teacher cap. I educate people. Um, and I teach my students how to do the same thing. How do you, can you educate people in your own centers of influence that, so about private money? My wife, Carol Joy, and I, we've got 40-some private lenders right now funding our deals. And Jack, not one of them, zero, none of them had ever heard about private money or self-directed IRAs and how they could become involved in real estate safely and securely. We've got about $8 million of private funds that we just moved from our project to project. So first category is your own connections. Second category is how do you expand your own area or your own centers of influence? And, um, and I teach that all the time. How, how do you grow your network to where you've got more people to share this with? And then the third category are existing private lenders these are like individuals all over the nation that are already loaning money out to real estate investors as individuals to fund deals. Well, how do you find those? Well, I started out jack the hard way. <laughs> as in most of my career, everything I started out the hard way. But um I started out using private money back in 2009 and I hired my real estate attorney's paralegal to search for Local records and the public records, searching for deeds of trust. Most people call it a mortgage. Locate, you know, on public record at the courthouse, where individuals were loaning money out secured by real estate. Well, in 90 days, in my teeny tiny area of only 40,000 people, she only found two people. I said, "Well, there's got to be a better way." So I hired some software developers, and in 2013 or so. We uh, launched the private my private lender data feed, where we actually every month get a record of every private lender loan in the nation, contact information, their interest rates that they get, so you can you can locate them that way. A great place to locate existing private lenders are at self directed IRA networking events. So, Jack, I'm sure you've got a self directed IRA company that you recommend to your audience and. Those self-directed IRA companies. It's interesting. Seventy percent of sell, of people that own a self-directed IRA account are looking to loan the money to real estate investors. So those are great networking uh, networking places and events as well.
0: Yeah. So you know, you, you you mentioned let's let's unpack something there. You mentioned that you've never asked anybody for any any money or any capital. So um can you can you paint a picture, of how that conversation goes then or what how is that property or that opportunity presented where people are raising their own hands?
1: Exactly. So and and the the money guide that you offered to your audience goes into detail on these five steps, but there's five steps that I use in my warm market and that my students use as well on getting this private money. Step number one is make your list, all right? So how do you start making your list? Well, you want to start with people that are already retired. (laughs) Like there's a good chance retired people have got some retirement funds that they would like to put to work for higher rates of return. Number two, there's a simple, casual conversation. And that conversation can take place over the phone or in person but, Jack, in gist, it goes something like, hey, Jack, this is Jay. How are you doing? And you say, hey, Jay, hadn't heard from you in a while. Good to hear from you. Yeah, so how's the golf? How's the grandkids? little chit-chat. Then you get right to it. And the scripting goes something like, well, Jack, as you may or may not know, I've been investing or I am investing in real estate these days. I'm actually positioning my company and opening up my company to prepare for the tidal wave of foreclosures that are about ready to happen since covid And Jack, I've got a program that may or may not be good for you, might be a fit, might not be a fit, but this program I have is by referral only. And Jack, unless you answer yes to the following question, there's no need for me to give you any more information. And that question is, do you have investment capital or retirement funds not giving you a high rate of return safely and securely? That's what we call the magic question. Now, Jack, if you say yes, I go to step number four. If you say no, I know you're broke because 0.17% in a 12-month certificate of deposit at the local bank is not a high rate of return. So let's assume you say yes, you do have investment capital or you do have retirement funds. Step number four is what we call the one-on-one. So the one-on-one is where you actually put on your teacher hat and you teach your private lending program. Well, you may your audience may be thinking to themselves, Jack. Well, what is my private lending program? Well, I got good news for you. Just duplicate mine. So it's all in the money guide. It's all in the money guide that your folks can download. But I teach them what first of all, private money is, and I teach them my program. What interest rate do I pay? How are they protected? Uh, what's the maximum loan to value? And I define that. How can they get their money back in ninety days or less, unless they have an you know in case they have an emergency. And, uh, you know, what happens if I die? How are they protected? Uh, What happens if I lose my mind and move to the Caribbean? How are they protected, right? So I go through this teaching, which only takes about 20 minutes. Uh, I've got a PowerPoint that that I use. It's very, very easy to read. And so I can do this one-on-one or I can do it on Zoom. Hey, Jack, don't you wish you had bought some Zoom stock two years ago? Anyway, (laughs) it takes the same length of time to present and teach the private lending program that I have to one person or 20. And then I get to the end of the presentation, you know, any questions or whatever, that's great. And guess what? I don't have to ask for nothing because when they understand the program, there's no else anywhere else they can get these kinds of rates return safely and securely. So I just shut up. I'll let them go with the conversation. And I can promise you, if they have investment capital or retirement funds, they are now chasing us the real estate investor that want, you know, that's looking. So, you know, we're not begging, chasing, selling, twisting anybody's arm. We're simply teaching them what private money is all about. Now this only works in the warm market and the expanding war market. I'm not putting on my teacher hat for an existing private lender, Jack. They already know what, you know, private money is. So that's a different conversation, but the teacher hat is for edifying and teaching your own connections
0: yeah, I, I think one of the big things there is that you're not begging or chasing. It it's amazing and it it's it's amazing once you get beyond the begging and chasing, you know, when you're in you're coming from that stance, there is some there's some authority authority and power associated with that. Because when you are people can smell desperation on you, and that's the last place that they're going to want to entrust any kind of capital.
1: Hey, Jack, you're so right. Um, I think you'll agree with me, Jack. The worst time to teach anybody about private money or look to raise private money is when you need it for a particular deal. That's the worst time. I mean, that's why I practice and teach the money comes first. The money comes first. There's always going to be deals. There's always going to be deals. So why do I want to be chasing deals if I ain't got no way to fund them? Now, let me put on my seatbelt for a second here and slow down a second. I know you got listeners out there that are going, wait a minute, I want to buy on terms. I want to buy the pretty house business. I don't need no private money. And you know what? If you're buying subject to the existing note or on seller financing or lease option or wholesaling or whatever, no, you might not need private money. But you know what? My experience has been, Jack, particularly in the terms business. And I have reviewed since 2003, thousands and thousands of property lead sheets from potentially motivated off-market sellers. Of course, if you're going to buy anything, bank-owned, short sales, auctions, anything in the MLS, you got to have all the money. But my statistic, Jack, is that my lens, only 13% of those for sale by owners will sell to me creatively. 13% subject to terms, whatever. What do the other 87% require? All the money. So you know, I tell people, well, you don't have to get any private money if you want to give up eighty-seven percent of the deals that are off-market. If you want to be happy with that, so I don't know how I got off on that, Jack. So get me back on course.
0: <laughs> no, no, that was a great little rant because you know one of the one of the things that uh, you also brought up just a second ago is that you're. The, frankly, it's really rare to run into somebody who comes on the show and and says find the money first. I hear over and over and over, find the deal and the money will follow. But you, that's, you that's really... like,
1: it's like, I'm sorry, Jack. I'm sorry. You got to forgive me. Where's it going to come from? <laughs> it's like, is it going to rain out of the cloud? And, and here's, I, I say, I tell people all the time, look, you get 500,000 or 200,000 or $300,000 worth of, you know, funding, burning a hole in your pocket. Do you think you're going to be a little more confident making more offers? And, you know, back to that point you said a second ago, Jack, about chasing and begging, you know, hey, listen, not only have I never asked anybody for money, I've never pitched a deal. I've never pitched a deal. And I've rehabbed over 450 houses and done a ton more than that. I've never pitched a deal. I mean, you know, it's like real estate investors talk about calling up their private lenders and, you know, pitching the deal to them. Hey, listen, listen. When I got, so when I got a private, I got, you know, private lender, they got, they got what I call money sitting on the shelf, waiting to be deployed. I call them up, right? I call them up. And if they're a brand new private lender, there's only five things I tell them. This is all they want to know because the more I talk, the more confused they get, right? So I tell them five things, brand new private, I call them up and you let's say, Jack, you're my private lender. I say, Hey Jack, I got great news for you that's number one. I got great news for you. Number two, I now can put, oh, it's still a number great news. I can now put your money to work for you. They've been waiting for the phone call. They've been waiting for you because they already told you they've got $250,000 ready to go to work. You know how much they've got, right? Mm-hmm. I got great news for you, Jack. I can now put your money to work. I've got a home under contract over in Newport, I didn't tell them the address. They could care less what the address is. I got a home over here in Newport. The after-repaired value, this is number three. The after-repaired value is $200,000. The funding required, this is number four. The funding required is $150,000. You hear that? Funding required, 150. After-repaired value, 200. I didn't say that was the purchase price. My purchase Mm -hmm. price might be $100,000. They could care less. And number five, your funds need to be wired to my real estate attorney next Thursday. End of conversation. I didn't ask them if they want to do the deal. That's the, like the most stupid question in the world I could ever ask them. Of course, they want to do the deal. They've been waiting for me to call them because I've taught them the program. I know how much they got to go to work. If they've got retirement funds, I've introduced them to my representative at myself self-directed IRA company that I do business with. They have funded their account. They ain't making no money until they put it to work. And so I call them up, give them great news and tell them what they need to do. And guess what? They do it. Simple. I mean, so, if I ask them, if I ask them, do you want to do this deal? I just told them there might be a reason you don't want to do this deal.
0: That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if if this sounds really good to you, you you really got to take advantage of what Jay was offering earlier. Jayconnor.com slash money guide, and you'll get a lot of this information. Uh, it sounds like it's probably going to be a, a very sturdy foundation or primer associated with what Jay is talking about. So, you know, when Jay, when you've you've acquired this these properties now, what what is your end goal? It, you know, in your in the information I was looking, doing a little research on you you've even mentioned three pay, payouts. How, how does that all work? And what do you do with this these properties?
1: That's one of my favorite reasons to use private money, other than I'm going to miss out on most of the deals if I don't. <laughs> 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 but I get multiple payouts, multiple checks. Um, the first check I get is when I buy. Oh, my lands, Jack. So in this world of private money, hey, look, I closed on a deal an hour and a half ago, an hour and a half ago, and two hours from now after it's being, and I used all private money, all private money was wired in from my private lender for the closing. I'm picking up a check for $72,000 two hours from now, and I took no money to the table to buy it. Who wants to get paid to buy houses? I do, right? So, I get a big check when I buy. How do I get a big check when I buy? Because I borrow more than I need to buy the house. Well, now listen, I'm not going to pick up a $72,000 check unless I'm doing a major rehab, right? Mm -hmm. Because a good part of that is rehab money, but I can pull out equity as well right up front. So I get a big check when I buy. Second check, if you choose to sell it on lease option, you can get a large non-refundable option fee. Most people call it a lease option deposit. Um, and then third check, if you're selling and flipping, uh, I'm going to get a third check when the buyer is ready to cash out or I have an in buyer. Now, if you're buying, if you're uh, buying and holding, buying and holding, then you're not going to get three checks. You're going to get a big check when you buy, you're going to get that mm-hmm. one, right? No money. I mean, private money is a no money down proposition because there's no money down out of your pocket, the buyer, All private money deals are a no money down proposition. So I'm going to get a big check when I buy. I'm going to use part of that money to, you know, if you're buying and holding, get the property, the house, the apartment, whatever, ready to lease out. And then you're going to hold it. And then within a year or two, uh, if you're buying and holding, You're going to get that property seasoned. And I'm sure your audience knows what it means to get a seasoned property. Mm -hmm. And then just use, you know, a traditional, you know, low interest rate lender to refinance you, pay off the private lender. And now you've got more, you've got that private money available, you know, to go do more deals.
0: Right. No, that, that, it always sounds so good. And then you take, you take a, take it and you explain it in such a way that it makes it sound so simple, and and uh, I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this episode and going, "Why haven't I thought of this?"
1: Right. Well, and here's another thing. So, how else can you use private money? Let's say that you already own a property—single-family house, small apartment, duplex, quadplex, whatever—you already own a property, and you know there's a lot of people out there, Jack, that are real estate rich and cash poor. I hear it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got equity in a property or properties, well, use private money to go refinance it and pull a bunch of cash out and in, and infuse your business with cash. And I tell you what, there's one thing about private money. You just sleep better at night and who knows? It might help your sex life too. I'm not sure. But private <laughs> money just, you know, it just takes the stress off. Of you know, I mean, I hear it all the time from other real estate investors. You know, real estate rich, cash poor. Private money will set you free.
0: Yeah, one of the things that it's going to set you free from is is bank requirements. I yeah. know that there's. I've run into quite a few investors here now that you know they've they've run into the limit of the number <laughs> of houses and and properties a bank is going to is willing to fund.
1: That's another beautiful thing about private money and. Um, one of the reasons that I go into detail in the money guide that your folks can download. So when you borrow money from the bank, you play by the bank's rules, right? In this world of private money, we make the rules, right? We set the interest rate. We set the term. We structure tons of deals, Jack. Well, we don't even make any payments until we cash out on the house, right? Right. Um, so, you know, and another, another, as you just mentioned, another holdback in using banks and institutional money, this is not institutional money, is there's a limit to the amount of money they'll loan to you, there's a limit to your line of credit, there's a limit to the number of deals you can do. And in this world of private money, there's no Limit to the amount of private money you can borrow. There's no limit on private lenders. Number of private lenders you can have, and you can borrow across state lines. You can borrow from private lenders in Hullop scullop You don't have to borrow from private lenders in your own state. Why is that? Because we're not regulated by the the um, the uh, commissioner of banks in your local state. Uh, in your local state, because we're not like your private lenders are not like in the banking business. This is individuals doing business with individuals. It's wonderful. it's like it like takes the handcuffs off of you. You know, uh, when we first started using private money in 2009, the first six years of our business, I used the local banks. And you know I learned Jack, the most dangerous number in any business, I know you know what it is, is the number one, one contractor, bad idea, one realtor, bad idea. One um real estate attorney, bad idea, one lender, holy moly. I learned that lesson when I called up my banker in January two thousand and nine and had two deals under contract, and I'd done a ton of deals for six years, and I learned on that conversation right there, Jack, that I had lost my line of credit with no notice, along with the other millions of real estate investors across the nation and across the globe and i i you know i I just you know. I promised myself right there and then I was not going to make that mistake of having one lender and being beholden to their rules and telling me what I got to do.
0: So I I wanted to back up just a second because I, I wanted to clarify to our listeners, we're not talking about a syndication here, right? We're talking about essentially one lender per property, and, and so then we're not dealing with any, and that's where we come into the, you're, you're, you're setting the guidelines associated with this relationship.
1: Exactly. I'm glad you brought that out. So um, nothing against syndication. I mean, you know, if you're going to go buy an apartment complex, you're probably going to, to raise money for a fund. You're going to want mm-hmm. to raise money for a fund. Um, but in this world of what I do primarily, we call it every, every deal stands on its own you've got a property, it could be a small apartment, duplex, quadplex, whatever. You got a property, you can have a private lender or more than one private lender secured by the same property. And so they are, and so they're loaning their money and it's being collateralized. We're not borrowing unsecured money. It's being collateralized by the property that we're either buying or it's being collateralized by a property that we already own and we're pulling cash out,
0: right? You know, and another thing that you were you were mentioning earlier is is that um, w- with with all this said and done, you know, you know, you you've really have done a great job in presenting and teaching to your your to these investors. What outside of the few things that you've you've mentioned here so far, are there any other any other surprises that you've learned? to adopt your your workflow and associated with working with those investors?
1: Yes. I'm glad you asked. Number one, when you have a private lender that you've either just paid off from a deal or they're a new private lender and they've said, Hey, I got X number of dollars that I want to have you put to work. You better put that money to work fast, right? So you just don't want that money hanging out there. Okay. Um, because private money is like bananas in the grocery store. Unless you consume it rather quickly, it might go rotten on you and disappear. Ask mm-hmm. me how I know. So, mm-hmm. you know, those private lenders are not making any money on their money until you deploy it. So you're not borrowing money. I, I, get, I get asked every now and then, can I take my private lender's money and just let it sit in my real estate attorney's account and start paying them interest? And that way I've got it and I don't have to worry about it getting away. I actually have a friend that has got a legal document that allows him to do that, but I don't want to pay interest on money that I'm not using. Right. Mm -hmm. So number one, deploy the money as soon as possible. Secondly, is there a possibility that you're going to call up one of your private lenders and they gave you a verbal pledge? They don't sign any documents promising you they're going to hold X number of dollars for X period of time for you to go find a deal. You may call up a private lender now and then and again, and they told you they had X dollars and they went and did something else with it, or they don't have as much as they said they did. Well, that's only going to happen if you sat around and you didn't put it to work. But again, that's a very good reason for not just having one, two or three private lenders. You want to have multiple private lenders, but starting out, all you need is one or two to get started.
0: Right. So when you, uh, we- when you do get a property under contract and you're using this private money, how does the private lender typically get paid? Are they while you're using it? are they simply getting interest? Are they getting a a payout of or a bonus if you will when you sell the property? how does how does that structure look?
1: That's a great question, Jack. I actually leave it up to that individual uh, private lender that's funding that deal and here's why different private lenders have different objectives and different needs. We have some private lenders that loan us money that actually need the monthly income. They're giving their investment to us, their investment capital, and they're, they're using it, the monthly payments of the interest on that, right? As money to live on. Well, then I pay them monthly, right? But here's what's beautiful. If I'm bringing home a $72,000 check like I am this afternoon, about two hours from now. Whose money am I using to make the initial monthly payments? The lender's money. I mean, is that not a beautiful thing? I'm going to borrow money from the lender. They want monthly payments. I'm using the lender's money to make their monthly payment. I mean, it's pretty cool. But that money's going to go away. You got to get that house cash flowing, rehabbed, flipped, rented out, whatever. So it is cash flowing just as soon as possible. So it all comes down to the private lender's needs. Now, if I'm borrowing money from a private lender's self-directed IRA, number one, the checks aren't aren't payable to them. The money's not going back to them. It's going back to their uh, self-directed IRA account. By the way, that's an actionable item, folks. You will miss out on over half of your potential private money to borrow unless you establish a relationship with a self-directed IRA company and representative that you can recommend and refer your new private lenders to. But anyway, that's a different conversation. So, on those people that are loaning money to us from their retirement accounts, I've never—I don't ever make monthly payments. That—that makes no sense. It's not going back to them. They're not using it as income. But I'm glad to make uh, quarterly payments, and it's always interest only. That's a right or downer right there. I don't pay principal and interest. I pay interest only payments. That's a win for the lender. And it's a win for me. Interest only payments um, is a win for the lender the private lender, because they're earning more more money. If you make principal and interest payments, you're paying down their principal loan amount so they don't have all of their money at work. So we pay or accrue interest-only payments. It's a win for us because interest-only payments helps cash flow. Interest-only payments are smaller than principal and interest payments. So if it's coming from the retirement account, I'll pay either quarterly or semi-annual payments. I used to do annual payments of interest only. I don't like that anymore. I don't want to write a big check of interest only once a year. I want to do it at least quarterly or semi-annual.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, you know, we could go into the weeds regarding how you manage all of this and, and everything. But this, it does make an argument why it's so important to make sure you have team members that can handle some of this for you.
1: Absolutely. Your team is very, very important. Uh, My wife, Carol, Joy, and I, we started doing this um, actually by ourselves with private money back in uh, February, 2011. Um, But, um, you know, actually, you don't need a big team. I mean, we have a bookkeeper that keeps up with all of our stuff with our different ventures. Uh, You know, I have an assistant and uh, I have a full-time acquisitionist and everybody else is 1099.
0: Right. No, I, I can't thank you enough, Jay. This has been a, an eye-opener when it comes to any kind of uh, this, this concept. Again, I want to point everybody to your website, jayconnor.com slash money guide. Take advantage of what Jay is talking about regarding that free download. And and Jay, before I let you go, is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today?
1: Now, that's a good question. <laughs> In fact, I've been a guest on hundreds of podcasts and I've never been asked. Is there a question that I wish you would have asked me? Um, Jack, I think you did a great job. I can't think of a question you should have asked me.
0: Well, I, I just need to, again, take a moment and point out what Jay's talking about here. I can't emphasize enough what you've mentioned, Jay, uh, essentially in a roundabout way. How so important. We, we get so focused on finding that next deal. But the importance of you got to put as much, if not more effort into finding your next buyer, finding that next investor. It's it's amazing how we focus on one, one aspect and we kind of neglect the others.
1: Yeah. Well, and another thought did come to mind just a second ago. You know, um, I'm sure you've got, as a percentage of your listening audience, wholesalers Mm -hmm. wholesalers. And the beautiful thing about private money is once you have it in place, and it doesn't take long to get it in place. I mean, really literally less than 30 days lined up. And I have students all the time that get $500,000 or more ready to go in less than 30 days. If you're a wholesaler with private money, you get to pick and choose which deals you want to stay in and which deals you want to go ahead and wholesale out. So private money is for newbies. It's for wholesalers. And it's for seasoned real estate investors that just want to get a bunch more funding at super cheap interest rates. That puts you in the driver's seat.
0: Yeah, no, and and it, it's amazing. You know, I've done wholesaling as well, but knowing that you can do the actual acquisition and knowing you have that money available, it really changes your your attitude, the way you present yourself to the, your to your seller. It just changes the conversation and you're far more likely to be successful because of it.
1: Absolutely. As I said, how much more confident will you be and how many more offers will you make when you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars in private money ready and waiting for you to deploy, to use, to purchase properties?
0: Well, Jay, again, I I can't thank you enough. You're welcome back anytime. I hope you'll take me up on that invitation. Again, it's jayconner.com slash moneyguide.
1: Thank you so much, Jack. I really enjoyed being with you.
0: Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.